Are you searching for a meaningful way to further your career in international development? As you set new goals for 2021 and beyond, consider Seton Hall University's Executive Graduate Program in International Affairs. Attending a webinar is the perfect way to learn how you can customize your studies by specializing your research in areas such as global health security, conflict management, and more. As a graduate candidate, you would receive access to one-on-one faculty mentorship, career workshops, international seminars, and discussions with global leaders on campus, at the UN headquarters in New York, and in Washington, D.C. And the program is flexible. You can study full-time or part-time and online or on campus in New Jersey, just 14 miles from New York City. To learn more or sign up for a webinar, click the link in our episode description. Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I'm Stephanie Fillion, and welcome to Unscripted. Today, Vietnam takes the presidency at a crucial time in Southeast Asian politics after the February 1st coup d'etat in Myanmar. Can Vietnam bridge the gap between the Security Council's big powers to ease tensions in Myanmar? We talk about the challenge with Vietnam's ambassador to the UN, Deng Dinh Quy, and experts Dr. Prashanth Paramaswaran from the Wilson Center in Washington, D.C., and Kyle Springer from the Perth U.S. Asia Center, a think tank in Australia. This is Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats and the reporters covering them. Repression continues in Myanmar two months after the military junta took the country by force, including putting the elected state councillor and de facto leader Aung San Suu Kyi under house arrest. Saturday, March 27th, was the deadliest day so far, with 114 people killed by the military and more wounded. As a close partner and the only current representative of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, in the Security Council, Vietnam has had a difficult and special role to play in the discussions in the Council since the coup d'etat. ASEAN is a group of 10 countries with wide-ranging interests in the region, so coming together on the complicated situation in Myanmar is not easy for the organization. In the Council, Vietnam has mainly been trying to ease the situation on the ground while not making it worse by alienating what could be, if nothing changes, Myanmar's new rulers. Our position, national position on the issue is very clear. As the members of ASEAN, we fully support the ASEAN chair statement on March 2nd. And as a country that we iterate, we expect our concern. We follow very closely. And we understand very well that number one priority of Security Council is to save people's lives. So that the first thing first we have to do now is to help stop violence and the excessive use of violence. Because that it leads to the casualty of civilians, of everyone. And the second we have to do is to help create an environment that can you see for dialogue. Sit down and dialogue. And the third thing is that 
that environment should be in conducive for continue of the unhindered access to the people in need of humanitarian assistance, especially people in Rakhai and Shangste and, and on the ground. The Security Council has already passed three statements on the situation in Myanmar. The second statement calls for political prisoners to be released, but falls short of calling what happened in Myanmar a coup. Four countries delayed the passage of the second statement because of concerns over language, Russia, China, India, and Vietnam. Dr. Prashanth Paramaswaran is a global fellow at the Asia Center at the Wilson Center. Here's why he thinks Vietnam was reluctant to use certain language when negotiating the statements. I think the idea for not not just Vietnam, I think, you know, for several Southeast Asian countries, the idea that, you know, things that might not be considered very controversial for some other countries, like the usage of the term coup, for example, whether or not the government is legitimate or not relative to, because in Myanmar, we have this other dynamic, of course, of the sort of shadow government, right? And the idea that there's some contestation of the legitimacy of the, of the government and the military. So I think those are two things that, you know, Vietnam and, and other Southeast Asian countries would have sensitivities about. The other thing is that for Vietnam, the UN track is only one part of how it manages its relations with Myanmar, right? So they have the bilateral track, and then they also have ASEAN. And so what you're sort of finding is in the statements that Vietnam has made publicly at the UN, they have been sort of trying to say, let's make sure that if there's any international engagement, some of that is channeled through ASEAN because they don't have the ASEAN chairmanship anymore. That's with Brunei this year, and then next year it's going to be Cambodia. So that's the other thing that I think we noticed. Vietnam's position on Myanmar reflects ASEAN's stance on the issue. Here's what Ambassador Deng says about Vietnam's priorities when talking about the issue in the Security Council. Stop violence first. And also anything that have to create the environment conducive for dialogue, we have to do. But if it's not conducive for create dialogue or stop violence or excessive use, of course, we have to think it very carefully. Yeah, because you know that the situation there now continue and very, very volatile. We don't know what will happen to the ground. Yeah, because we care about the lives of people. But even though the council has been active on the issue, its statements have had little effect in Myanmar, where the military is not changing its aggressive behavior. Technically, the Security Council could discuss harder measures, such as sanctions or an arms embargo, but there is little appetite to do so. The UN also has a special envoy for peace and security in the country, Christine Schraner-Bergener, who has been unable to visit the country since the coup. This month, there will be an ARIA formula meeting on the situation in Myanmar on April 9, but we also asked Ambassador Deng what else the country could concretely do under his presidency to help the situation. I haven't had anything clear in my mind, but I think that engagement, we need engagement with every party involved in Myanmar. If we make anyone there feel they're isolated, it doesn't help. Another key factor is China. The country is not a member of ASEAN, but is a powerhouse in the region and a permanent member of the Security Council. And it will be president of the council in May. Here's Dr. Paramaswaran on how geopolitics impacts what the council can do. 
the UN Security Council has already used a lot of the things that it can do. And I think the trouble with that is that the situation has gotten worse since then in Myanmar, right? So that's the question. What exactly can the UNSC do besides the things that they've already done? And I think for Vietnam, there's kind of two things that I see that are, that are going to be important. One is making sure there isn't, and it's not so much a positive thing, but almost avoiding a negative outcome, which is I could see it getting really bad in terms of the lack of coordination and competition among the P5. And I think Vietnam is going to play an important role in trying to figure out how, if we need certain outcomes, if we need to get a resolution, if we need to hold a special meeting, if we need to issue any statements, any conversations on this, how do we actually do it? I think that's probably one. Because keep in mind, I mean, you know, after this, it's going to be China, right, holding the presidency. That's going to be another month where, depending on the situation in Myanmar, that's going to be one that's interesting to watch. Because apart from the situation in Myanmar, you've seen the targeting of Chinese businesses and enterprises as well, right? And that's something Beijing has to take into consideration. So that's one. The second thing I, I would watch for is the changing sort of balance of power between the permanent members and the non-permanent members. So I think one of the things that you're seeing is Vietnam has tried to play this bridging role, not just with the P5, but also some of the other members. So looking at, for example, European countries that are involved, uh, Vietnam has sort of like spoken out and said, we think that there's an important role for smaller countries to play. We think that the OECE and some of the other regional organizations have important roles to play in terms of peace, conflict building, peace conflict resolution, and so on and so forth. So I think that's the other thing I would watch for with respect to the situation in Myanmar, because I think what Vietnam would try to advocate for is on the one hand, making sure that, as they've said publicly, right, making sure there isn't violence that targets the people of Myanmar who are already suffering from COVID. But the other aspect of that is what are the constructive channels for any kind of engagement and dialogue? And how is that channeled through ASEAN, but also other organizations that could be involved? So Vietnam, I suspect, is going to have an important role uh, to play in that as well. I suspect they're going to want to balance out that agenda as well with some of the functional areas that they've talked about. So whether it's COVID or, or advancing multilateralism, implementation of the UN Charter, things that they've talked about in their previous presidency as well. Are you looking for a talk show featuring leading global voices? Do you want to learn more about how international issues directly affect people locally? Global Connections Television presents the insights of global influencers at no cost to viewers and programmers. GCTV is independently produced and reaches more than 70 million potential viewers worldwide each week. The show covers everything from human rights to climate change, from peace and security to empowering women and girls. It features guests such as Dr. Jane Goodall, former UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Mary Robinson, and Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. The show also hosts expert voices from the private sector, academia, and labor and environmental movements. GCTV is available to public television media outlets, universities, and service clubs for distribution. To watch the show or find out more, click the link in our episode description. Now, back to the show. One signature event Vietnam is hosting this month is a meeting on enhancing the cooperation between the UN and regional organizations. 
While the focus of the meeting is not on ASEAN specifically, the topic could come up, along with Myanmar. Here's Ambassador Deng. The meeting is not specifically on the issue of Myanmar, but it's not limited to the general issue that I remember. There is a VDC open debate. So that the only 15 members of the Secretary Council can make their you know, open statement by there. The other member state is encouraged to submit the written form. And it will be a part of the, you know, the file of this open debate, but it not appear on the screen or appear to the public immediately by then. So um, I think that it is uh, up to the member state to pick on the issue. And also it depends on the situation on the ground from now until 19th of April. April is Vietnam's last presidency of its two-year term on the council. The first presidency was in January 2020, when it first joined the UN body. So needless to say, the country was a bit rushed. In 2020, Vietnam also chaired ASEAN, so it was a vital year for Vietnamese diplomacy, though COVID-19 did get in the way. It's been interesting to watch Vietnam over the past couple years because last year was a very, very busy year for Vietnam's multilateral and international agenda. It was also ASEAN chair. Kyle Springer is a senior analyst at the Perth U.S. Asia Center at the University of Western Australia. At the same time, it was a non-permanent member and a leader for the month of January uh, on the uh, U.N. Security Council. You know, I think it had four key issues it, it wanted to address. International peacekeeping. Vietnam sent its second medical deployment to the UN mission in Sudan in 2019. Uh, it also wanted to work on war legacy issues, environmental destruction from war, landmines and exploded ordnance. You know, all the things that Vietnam has had to manage as well as its neighbors in, in Laos and Cambodia. It's been interested in climate change. And then uh, well, one of its big goals was coordination between the UN and ASEAN, which I think has become more complicated. In 2020, it was a little more easy. Indonesia was on the Security Council as a non-permanent member as well. So them overlapping as the two arguably most important ASEAN countries uh, was, I think, a very powerful thing. But last year, of course, COVID-19 took over the agenda. And uh, it's had to reorganize some of its priorities, just like it did as ASEAN chair last year. So it's been challenging. And I think this year, for its last year on the Security Council, there'll be some other emerging challenges as well. Unexploded landmines is indeed a topic that is going to come up during Vietnam's presidency on April 8th. Vietnam has suffered greatly from landmine remnants after the Vietnam War, or as they called it there, the American War. So it's an issue that shapes the country's diplomacy. Here's Ambassador Dang on the meeting on mine actions, which is UN speak for safely removing landmines. The first one would be on April 8th. It's um, on my action. And the my action that will be um, presided by our Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Foreign Affairs. And we hope that uh, people will discuss on the how to raising awareness of the public and how to implement the current framework of Secretary Council and other related documents, as well as to promote the my actions to avoid the, you know, the international communities 
and especially those in the conflict area to avoid further casualties from the landmine and, and an unexploded ordnance and so, so on and so forth. It's a kind of silent killer. It's it everywhere. So that that's one of the you know one of the key um, uh, priority of Vietnam in the month of April. When Vietnam started its term on the council in 2020, it sold itself as a bridge builder between big powers. The two experts we spoke with for this episode told us that Vietnam has worked throughout its term so far, with most of the permanent five members and the ten elected ones in the Security Council. Vietnam's April presidency will be an example of its ability to get along. It falls between the American presidency in March and the Chinese one in May. Here's Dr. Paramaswaran on this. When they take up the presidency, Vietnam, it's going to be sandwiched between the U.S. presidency and the Chinese presidency on a monthly basis. So that's an interesting place to be in. I mean, on the one hand, they're trying to balance these various interactions. Vietnam always makes it a, a point to say, we want to get along with all five of the permanent uh, members. And we've had attempted to have strategic partnerships and comprehensive partnerships with, with them. And then also the non-permanent members. But I, I think the situation in Myanmar is going to be a, a big test. It already has been because on the one hand, you know, Vietnam has, in terms of getting a statement and trying to actually speak out on some of the things that are happening, Vietnam has not obstructed that. But on the other hand, Vietnam's also coordinated and been aligned with China and Russia in terms of making sure anything that's been said is not something that uh, sort of threatens the regime legitimacy in Myanmar. And then also takes into account the fact that you have a population in Myanmar that's undergoing COVID-19. They actually just started their vaccination campaign right before the coup. Ambassador Deng is pleased with how Vietnam has balanced its relationship with its fellow council members so far. I think that um, in national policy in Vietnam, we, think we have a good relation with everyone. You see, we handle a relation with all the B5, all the, the countries in non-B5, and also member states of the UN in a very balanced way. Yet we try to make everyone happy, so that we are also happy. That's the only way for the small and medium country like Vietnam to live in this very changing and challenging world. And I mean, the difference now that we have ASEAN, ASEAN have a hundreds of meetings that every month ASEAN have meetings at different levels. But Ambassador Deng doesn't deny that it's been a challenge for Vietnam to navigate big power politics, especially over the past year during the pandemic. One example is last spring, when China and the U.S. bickered over wording in a Security Council resolution calling for a global ceasefire. It depends on the issues. Some issues, they, they have constructive approach and they cooperate with each other easy. And some other issues, they compete with each other and they are not find a common ground with each other. You know, it's a more difficult. But for the issue that they cannot find a common ground, that we still can make a bridge among them and try to help and try to make everyone find a common denominators. And common denominators uh, always exist. The only thing that whether it's small or big. That's it for our show. This episode was co-produced by me, Casey Candela, and Stephanie Filion for Pass Blue, an independent women-led media site covering the United Nations and global affairs. Dulcie Leimbach is our editor. Ivana Ramirez is our intern. 
AI Digital created our podcast logo, and our music is by Poddington Bear. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted, and Passblue is covering the important news from women's rights to human rights to Washington's new approach to the UN. For day to day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to subscribe to our newsletter, go to passblue.com. Past Blue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the New School, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit Past Blue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. If you like today's show, please rate us on iTunes and share with all your friends.